Hey dreamers, I'm Joe Pardo and my guest today is making her dreams come true by being optimistic and having unwavering persistence. Dreamers, I have the honor of welcoming to the show Monica Leonel. Leonel? Did I get it right? Leonel. Yes, that's correct. Awesome. I got it right on the first shot. Awesome. <laughs> How are we doing today, Monica? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Um, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Sure. So I started out as a blogger in 2007. And in 2009, I decided to publish a book, a nonfiction book, in order to shift careers. So I started as a software engineer and I wanted to shift to marketing. So social media was very hot at that time. So I wrote a book about social media and I aimed it at corporations. So I was able to shift careers from that book and I, um, I ended up landing some pretty sweet gigs. I was uh, the director of digital at a word of mouth marketing agency. And then I went on to work at a startup that ended up selling to PayPal for $800 million. So it was a very, very, um, very good company. So then after that, I decided to publish more books. Um, and I was really excited about the opportunities in fiction. So in 2011, I published my first fiction book and I've published about 30 books since then across both nonfiction and fiction. So it's just been a it's been an awesome opportunity, and I've been able to um, shift away from corporate completely. So I quit my job in 2012, and I was freelancing for a while. And um, just in the last couple of years, I've been able to support myself through my books. Wow, 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 wow. 30, 30 books? Yeah. In <laughs> all fiction. Oh, no. So it's split up across nonfiction and fiction. And additionally, I say books, but some are novellas or short stories. So they're not all full length novels. And then, of course, with nonfiction, they are lower word counts than a novel anyway. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, what do you enjoy writing more, fiction or nonfiction? You know, it's hard to say. I think I'm stronger at nonfiction, but the challenges of fiction are exciting. And also, um, I mean, fiction is just more creative. That said, I like nonfiction because you get to share your knowledge, which I really enjoy doing. So that, that one is good as well. And um, my nonfiction ties into a couple courses now. So I just, in the past year, I've started doing courses that are related to the topics. So that's been really fun. Oh, that's awesome. So, so of the 30, what's the most fun one that you've got to, to write? Was there one that's oh, like... That's a great question. That stands out <laughs> to you? Well, my main series that I'm working on this year is called Waters Dark and Deep. So it's a, uh, it's a fiction series similar to Twilight, uh, The Mortal Instruments, The Vampire Diaries, that sort of show. So show or book, I guess, or movie as in Twilight. Um, so that's a young adult series that I have three books out right now. And I just released two novellas. Um, this past month, and I'm hoping to get another three to four books out before the end of the year so that I have a really nice, meaty series that um, I can 
promote and, you know, uh, run ads to and that sort of thing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. You know, I've never written uh, a fiction book. I mean, I've written three nonfiction books and writing my fourth, but yeah, never, you know, fiction, I feel like would be a, a, a really tricky thing for me to write. Yeah, it it is challenging, but the good thing is that there's so many um there's so many books on structure. So that's what really helped me is I read a lot of books about story structure and it really helps it kind of tells you where to put like characters and plot and theme and all that stuff. And uh so then I kind of built my plan for my books and then my series. And so it, it's actually somewhat similar to nonfiction in that, you know, same with nonfiction, you have to, you have to work within a structure and like, you know, the first chapter is kind of an introduction to you. And then the next chapter is like, maybe like the overall, you know, the overall idea of your book, and then you start to break it down. So it's really similar in fiction and that there's a story structure to follow. So once I, received that or once I figured that out it actually became a lot easier to tell my stories um and just I think also being a software engineer I really like structure a lot (laughs) so that that really helped me and then I was able to kind of like map out my plan and then um start writing yeah yeah I mean having that that structure I mean when I when I write books I I start with the outline um and, and basically write the whole book in the outline and then I just got to translate it over into to a readable book without all the bullet points. Yeah, exactly. And I mean the cool thing is you can do the same thing with fiction and um one of the things I always say is that you want to make as many decisions as possible before you do the draft. And then when you do the draft, your draft is a lot cleaner and you don't have to rewrite very much. Um, so it's all about that decision making. And it's the same with nonfiction. Like you said, you 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 make all the decisions about what's in there before you actually write it. And then all you have to do is translate it to a draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so um, so how long have you been writing for, though? If you if you started blogging in, in two, you said 2007. Yeah. So about 10 years that I've been writing either online or, you know, or publishing. Um, so 2009 was when I first published my book and then fiction was 2011. Um, but so I would say I was able to do like a book a year up until about, um, 2014. And so then in 2014, that was, I, so in 2013, I learned how to write really, really fast. I was able to, uh, triple my writing speed. Um, so I went from like 900 words per hour all the way to over 3000 words per hour. Um, and, and that skill set, just being able to write that much faster. Um, then in, then the next year in 2014, I, I published like eight books (laughs) in a very short amount of time. And so then each year since then, I've been able to publish a lot more. And so that's kind of how I've been able to get my, um, my book count higher. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, so when you're saying writing those words, is that like, so you just gotten faster at typing or? Yeah. Um, well I did a couple of things. One was I had a stronger outline. So that was a big part of it. Um, two was that I, um, I started doing timed writing sprints. So I used the Pomodoro method, which is 25 minutes on and five minutes off. 
And then the third thing is that I learned how to do dictation. And the cool thing about dictation is that you can actually speak much faster than you can type. So even a fast typist is at about 70 words per minute. Um, whereas a regular speaker, just speaking the average speed, you're able to do about 150 words per minute right out the gate. So I was able to accumulate words a lot faster using dictation. And um, it is definitely a skill that you have to learn still, but it was um, it was well worth it to me. It took me about a month to learn how to do it. And then, you know, now I can use it. It's kind of like superpower. I get to use it <laughs> going forward. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I've wanted to do things with dictation because I, I mean, I, I mean, I write books, but I actually admittedly don't read much. Um, I'm actually a quite slow reader. That's one of the reasons I, I invest so heavily in my outlines and, and think most people, I mean, aside from the other benefits that it brings, like I'm a slow reader. So for me, like if I had to go back and reread a chapter, that's that's a lot of time that's going to take up for me to, to do so. So um, so yeah, so I, I that's why I got heavily involved with with doing outlines. But I would, yeah, dictation would make it go a lot, lot quicker. What yeah, um, what do you did, use for dictation as far as like um, software and and then and then I see you have a microphone. So any hardware? Yeah, I have the AT twenty twenty um, that hooks up to a Blue Icicle, um, and then it just USBs into my computer. Um, I use Dragon. Pretty much, Dragon is um, the the only the only software out there. Um, I think Google Google Speech. Um, I think it's starting to get better. And really, the interesting thing about dictation is that voice recognition software overall is just penetrating all sorts of um, tech spaces. You know, people are people have like Alexa in their living room, and um, our phones are really strong at the voice recognition. And so there, there is still inaccuracy, but it's getting much better. Um, Dragon. So I use Dragon Dictate for Mac, uh, which is not as good as the uh, PC version, which I think is called Dragon Natural Speaking. Um, so if you get the professional, it just, just get the latest version of Dragon Natural Speaking Professional and that's really like the best that you can get. Um, if you are a Mac user like me, you are stuck with the <laughs> Dragon Dictate for Mac, which is, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's not as strong of a version as the other one, but I've been able to use it just fine. Well, yeah, I bet, um, that that's got to be kind of frustrating. Um, so do you, did you put like get a windows laptop or something and, and use that or I have never used the natural, I've never used the PC version. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've just used the Mac version. Um, and the Mac version that I had for a long time was, um, dragon dictate three. And so I just finally upgraded to five recently, but I had three for a while and it was like, very inaccurate compared to what we have these days. Cause I started in 2012. Um, so which was, you know, that was five years ago. Um, so what I would say is that the software just keeps getting better. A lot of people get really frustrated by the, the like minute inaccuracies they might be experiencing, but just realize, you know, this software is getting better and there are lots of really big companies that are working on, 
this problem, like Google and um, Amazon and like, and every, every cell phone company, uh, or people, you know, companies that make cell phones. Um, so, so there are lots of great tech companies working on it. And so it's just going to keep improving. Yeah, no, they, de- they definitely are. Um, cause they need to. And, and I mean, it's big money for, Ale- uh, for, I was gonna say for Alexa, for, for Amazon to do so as well. Um, so can, can you tell me a little bit, what got you started um, with blogging and and uh, what got you like what were some of the first steps that you took when you were like, all right, I want to start a blog? Did you did? I mean, well, it sounds like you had a computer background, um, which would help a lot. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I had WordPress kind of from the beginning, but this was so this was back in 2007, though, and WordPress was a beast back then. Now WordPress is like gorgeous and easy and like you don't really have problems with it. This is like you're like hand coding stuff into WordPress um, back in the day. And like, it, you know, it was still a very new platform. And I had the self-hosted version, um, not the nice like WordPress.com version. Um, what got me into it was I was really interested in personal development and um, the people you know, the people in my daily life were, you know, like, I just wasn't finding the people that were interested in this. Um, so I started my blog and I started writing, I guess I started the blog because I had been reading a lot of personal development blogs. Um, so like one that I can think of that I've been reading for like over, over 10 years at this point is, um, Steve Pavlina's, uh, personal development for smart people blog. And so I was reading that like way back in the day when he kind of first started it. And then that inspired me to just add my voice to the conversation. Um, There was this huge website, and I think it's still, I mean, it's still around, um, by Darren Rouse called ProBlogger. And um, that was also a pretty hot blog at the time. And I remember I had just started my blog, but he was going on vacation. So he did this call for blog posts and I was like, great. Like, so I spent like eight hours writing my blog posts for him and I submitted it and he posted it the first day of his vacation. It was like a 30 day vacation. Um, and I was like, I was just like totally shocked. And it was, it was in a time where everybody read like the top 10 blogs or whatever. So to get that mention, like my page, you know, my page views shot up. Like I, I got like 600 subscribers like overnight. Um, and it it was, it was a lot. Um, so then after that I was like really into it. So I think, I think that little burst of energy at first kind of got me excited about it. And so then I kept up with it until about 2012 or so. Um, and I, I haven't been as into blogging sense um i think that the the market's a little bit saturated i mean that's not surprising i start i mean i was blogging back in like 2000 or i'm sorry not even 2000 before 2000 like 98 99 uh as like a middle schooler um oh yeah me too yeah yeah <laughs> like <about> that <laughs> yeah right like angel fire like and life. tripod and well i never did like i had journal live journal or anything. yeah i didn't i didn't I had like live that. journal and zanga yeah. And it was just like you you post like I was literally in middle school like you post like what you did that day or like and then you have all your friends read it and then you read theirs and that's pretty much all it was. Yeah, it sounds like Facebook. 
yeah yeah now that's Facebook. yeah um so how did your family take this shift from uh pro you know programmer to uh to writer um i don't know i think they were a little surprised maybe um i mean i think the thing is that i wanted to be an author when i was like in third grade i either wanted to be an author an actor or a singer <laughs> so the most accessible one of those is to be an author. Um, but then somewhere along the line, I think especially in high school, I really got it into my head that I had to um, do the smart thing. And so for many, many years of my life from about like 16 till about 22 or 22, 23, 24, it was all about like, what's the smartest thing to do. And so I went to college and I was majoring in physics at first. And then I switched to computer science because I was like, well, this is a smart thing to do. Like, it wasn't like, I love computer science. This is so fun. It was like, this is a smart thing to do to graduate in four years and get a good job. And that's exactly what I did. I got a job in corporate. I was really well paid. Um, it was, you know, I had like amazing benefits. It was like a dream job for somebody else. Like, like it was, it was like what society considers a dream job right out of college. So I was doing that for a while and, um, kind of ignoring reality, which was that I was meant to be more of an artist. Um, the other thing is both of my parents are, they were military so I had a very structured life growing up, um, and they're they're very uh, they're very community oriented people where they really like to just do, you know, do what's expected. Um, and so I grew up I grew up in that with like a military family. Um, I grew up with um, a like a heavy religious background. So um, I was you know I was raised Catholic. So all of that kind of contributed to like, I'm going to do what society tells me. And then eventually, so then I, I tried to work within that for a couple of years. So I was trying to like blog and like, you know, publish this book. So then I got this other job that was still <laughs> acceptable to society. And then around 2012, like 2011, 2012, it just all kind of broke. <laughs> like it was like, it was like the whole, like the universe was like, hold up, this isn't working. You're supposed to be an artist, like stop denying it to yourself and you're going to be pushed into this path, whether you like it or not. So, um, they were, they were not, they were, they were confused. They were like, why would you give all of this up? Like all, all of this external stuff that you've accomplished to be unemployed, to write, which doesn't pay anything <laughs> um, to, you know, to like be like a pointless member of society. Like, like it's kind of like um, giving up, giving up a lot, basically um, a lot of external accomplishment. You know, a lot of people wouldn't and don't understand that, that line of reasoning um, to, you know, and I think part of that, you know, so, I mean, a certain percentage to me would, you could go and easily say that, yes, they, uh, they are happy with the life that they've created for themselves. And then the other half is just like, 
but the other half is scary. Like the other, like what I have is is safe because it worked for me. The other half is is scary, and um, it's great that it works out for those people that that like, hey, it worked out for me, so why wouldn't it work out for you? I mean, there's nothing to say that like the company that you work at downsizes and you get let go, and then you're just trying to find another job and. Um, that, you know, as, uh, as the, um, and I'm not sure how old you are, but, but as the younger generation catches up to the fact that like, Hey, like programming is like a, a, like a field, like you quickly become a lot older and more less accessible to those companies because you're like, well, I have all these degrees and and I have this and I, and I've done all this accomplishments and it's like, well, yeah, but we got to pay you and we have to keep the lights on too. So Billy, it is, you know, like not. So it's it it, it it's um it's great that you were able to 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 see past all of that to uh, to see that you could cut something out for yourself. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that. I mean, it wasn't easy at all. <laughs> um, and I I think for most people, like to be honest, I I would say I really wasn't able to. I was, um, I was kind of forced to, cause I think a lot of, like a lot of stuff at my job was falling apart. Like I wasn't as motivated and, you know, um, my, so I was actually married as well at 20. So I'm 33. Oh, I'm <laughs> 30. So yeah, <laughs> get married at 22 and my marriage was falling apart. Um, because I kind of, you know, done what I was supposed to, I guess. Um, so so there was a lot that was falling apart at the time. And so then I kind of was like, I was kind of thrust, not forced, but like kind of pushed into this new direction. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, when you're unhappy, like things start to, I, I lived the same, same exact yeah. thing. It started, I mean, I didn't get, uh, you know, my marriage didn't fall apart, but, sure. they, but it came close to it based around the fact that I was unhappy where I would, with what I was doing and, um, felt that I could be doing more. And, and here I am three years later. So I definitely resonate with, uh, with what you're saying. Um, now you're, uh, you're also really big into, uh, into vlogging as well now aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to get into it, which is funny because I don't have a YouTube channel to direct anyone to because I haven't like published any of my videos yet. But I started, um, I started vlogging a couple years ago and then I quit because I just didn't have time. And so I've picked it up again in the last couple months and I love it. It's like so fun and, um, it's, it's just easier for me than blogging right now. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, we're like, we're adding it to the schedule kind of. So I'm bringing in like a team member to help do a lot of that, um, do a lot of the videos and, uh, help process them, um, help turn them into like audio and blog posts and all that stuff, um, promote them on social media and so on. So, we're launching a couple channels. Um, one's just a vlog channel. One's a more for like the pros on fire, nonfiction stuff. And then the other one is just going to be like a personal vlog channel, um, for like my fiction and, uh, like all, all the other books I write basically. I used to think I didn't have time for that either until, uh, I, 
I just did it one. I finally, you know, dived in, did it, and then was like, "Well, that didn't take too much time." And then, obviously, as you get better at it, you you save time. But then you start to like, well, let me challenge myself and see what else I can come up with. And before you know it, it starts taking more time again, and it, it's <laughs> it's constantly like a contracting and and expanding yeah. uh, phenomenon there with with vlogging. So I mean, I've been I've been doing it daily now for almost 90 days and um crazy it is it is (laughs) and work (laughs) it it is but one thing i've done to to kind of focus it down is is like so mine is a business lesson vlog so it's so i'm vlogging like different things that i'm doing in my life but they're only like two to four minutes long maybe five minutes on the weekends maybe five or six minutes but usually like two to four minutes long so like if i'm say i'm out somewhere uh like i'll do a lesson right where I'm at and I'll get like time lapses and, and tell, try to tell a story through like this really short thing that's focused on one business lesson for the day. Cause when I got started, I was doing like 15 minute vlogs and it's like, yeah, I like I'm weaving in these, these lessons, but it's just like, they're just, it's just too long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely still at the beginning. So I, I've experienced that challenge before though, where I was doing it for like, several hours a day of like recording and then editing. And I was like, I can't do this every day. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I got it down to like a half hour, 45 minute process. And that includes editing, like shooting, editing, and then, um, uploading the upload time, getting the description right and everything. And then I have it all auto set up to like get to my website and all the, the social medias and everything. So, so it's kind of sort of automated and there's some more that I, there's definitely some room for improvement, but yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been enjoying it. It's been, it's been a fun challenge for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Where were Oh, so you know what? I just, I forgot what I was doing too. So you know what? I want to remind everyone that they're listening to the Dreamers podcast, and I'm here with Michael. Uh, Michael, <laughs> Monica, like Lionel, Lionel. That's where the yeah. That's where the Michael came in because I was like thinking of the L M L. Yeah, Monica Lionel, um, talking about writing fiction and nonfiction books and turning that into a career from uh computer pro you say computer programming or do you describe it as something else yeah software engineering software engineering that's that's the words i was looking for um monica what's been your biggest roadblock um i guess uh i mean i think the biggest thing is thinking that things would happen a lot faster than they actually do. Um, which I know we all, you know, we all experience. And, um, I think especially I always felt like, like I felt like, Oh, well, if I start this within a year, I'll be making this much or, and then within two years I'll be here. And, you know, and honestly it's been like, so, I guess I left in 2011 and then I left freelancing in 2015. So it's been two years and, um, I, you know, I'm like, my business has grown, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a seven figure, you know, (laughs) I don't have a seven figure business yet or like, um, so I think it just takes a really long time. And, um, the, like the one thing that people, don't always understand about pursuing your dream is that it's a massive growth journey. It's probably one of the biggest growth journeys you would take in your lifetime. Um, aside from like 
a relation, you know, a, a marriage or a relationship, um, an illness, children. Um, there, there's not, there's not that many that are going to force you to grow as quickly, um, as entrepreneurship. So I think, I think you have to look at it as like, not as like these tasks that you're doing or like these milestones that you hit, you have to look at it as how fast am I comfortable with growing? And, um, as you like, however fast that is, the external is going to start to reflect that. And you'll start to, you know, you'll start to make money based on like, how much did you grow this year? How much did you grow in the last six months? Um, so something for me, for example, is like, I, you know, like two years ago, I could not be doing like podcasts, for example, like I had never done a podcast as of like two years ago. Um, and I was, I would be like super nervous before them. And now, and I would like also prepare a lot for them. And now I can pop onto a podcast and I know my story and I know how to answer questions and all that stuff. Um, but that, that is a growth experience. <laughs> it's a big one. You have, you know, a lot of people are afraid to do something like that. Um, but you have to be willing to grow. Um, so there are, you know, a thousand of those little things that you have to get more and more comfortable doing. And once you're willing to do that, um, and you're willing to do that for the success that you want, um, and you actually do it, each of those little pieces of growth, they start to add up and that's how you kind of start to make money at it. I would, I would agree. I mean, before, uh, a little over three years ago, uh, I had never done a podcast before until I came out with my first DJ album and started reaching out to podcasts to get the word out. And then it, it kind of snowballed from there. And then I was like, oh, this is really pretty cool. And and then it fell on my lap. So, yeah. And, and now here we are. So, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I agree, though, because, you know, I, in the beginning, like I go back and listen to those interviews that I did on other shows and like I. I think I, I kind of knew how to tell my story, but like you, I definitely feel like as, as I've told it more and, and refined it and, um, understand like what the, you know, what parts of it matter the most, um, that's, that's been really, really important, but you only get that by doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. A lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about it, but actually doing it, um, that's really I think action creates the clarity because um, a lot of people are like, what do I do next? It's like, <laughs> well, just do something and it's going to clarify what you should be doing next. But that's also scary. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's always scary. It's about the amount of risk that you're, you're willing to take. Like one of the things, like when I first started vlogging, I was like, oh, well, I, I feel like I should get like dressed and, and, but then like, very quickly i'm like i don't care whatever like whenever the camera's on it's on now since then i've kind of mitigated that a little bit because my my videos have gotten shorter it's not like my whole day um it's it's like hey look look what i'm i'm doing here or i'm in my studio or or, you know whatever but just getting less conscious about like oh no people might see me in like a workout shirt instead of like a suit (laughs) or, or 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 something like that yeah. 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 You definitely get, especially with vlogging, I think you get very used to just like, this who I am. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what was your childhood dream growing up? Well, um, 
I mean, I guess I didn't, I don't know. I don't think I had as many childhood dreams as everyone else. Um, I, I certainly loved art. I loved dancing and singing. I did that all the time, um, both in school and just like in my bedroom. (laughs) Um, I read, I read a lot. So I read like one to two books every single day. Um, I was just this total bookworm nerd. Um, and, and they were all, uh, like middle grade. So it'd be like the babysitter's club and sweet Valley and Nancy drew and the Hardy boys. And so, so they were smaller ones, but I had a stack of like 15 next to my, next to my, um, my bed. And it was just like every single day I would read one, um, or sometimes two if I had time. Um, other than that, I do remember, I also liked photography, so I would often like dress up my dress up my little like Barbie dolls and pose them and pretend that I was their photographer. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing I wanted to do, um, I definitely loved entrepreneurship. I would always get these magazines with like there was like on the back cover it would be like win prizes if you sell like. $500 worth of this or whatever. And it was like black and it was like this black, white and green ad. And it was like, you like spend $500 and you get this little kit and that you just sell it to everybody. And like you go door to door or whatever. Um, so I always wanted to do that. My parents always said no. Um, and not surprisingly, girl- yeah, not surprisingly. <laughs> um, Girl Scout cookies though. I was the top seller in my Girl Scout troop. Oh, so. nice. Nice, nice, nice. Well, it sounds like you, 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 all that has culminated to what you're doing now, and that's that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it definitely has, and I think that's why I say like, like if you don't if you don't pursue your calling or if you don't accept who you are, often the the world will kind of force you into it through circumstances, um, which is what happened to me because I was really trying to be somebody that I thought was more acceptable to society and then, um, and who that is more, more acceptable to society. And that kind of blew up in my face eventually. (laughs) Well, so, (laughs) so, um, so with all that said, what are your dreams for the future looking like? I want to have a show on television. So I want to show run something, um, Probably in the uh, in like the urban fantasy or young adult market, um, but I want to be a television showrunner. Oh, that's awesome! That's awesome. Have you have you made any like advances towards it? Um, I other have... than writing like thirty books. I mean, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's really only the books at this point. I was planning on doing some screenwriting this year, but I just don't think it's a year for it. I have a lot of other stuff I have to do. Um, so I'm hoping in the next couple of years I'll start focusing on screenwriting and then, um, from there, you know, just keep kind of working my way up. Um, it's, I think it's a little more challenging for television. Um, but you know, movie scripts, I think I can, I think I can figure that out. Um, yeah. I, I got confidence that you will. <laughs> I, I like the way you squinted. You're like, I'm going to figure it out. And you're just like, I, I'm going to. I'm going to destroy this process and, <laughs> and own it. Um, so before we share your last thoughts, uh, before we wrap up, uh, how can people connect with you, Monica? 
So the best way to connect with me is through prosonfire.com. That's really more my business website. Um, and really, I think the best the best people to connect with me are people who want to write books um, because that's where my focus is. And uh, I do have a nonfiction series called Growth Hacking for Storytellers. So that is seven books. There was actually a book released recently called Get Your Book Selling, um, but it focuses on the author journey and it's it's really best for people who want to write a book. Now that said, you can be in a different field and still want to write a book. And uh, we do have a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or artists or um, coaches or, you know, and other like consultants or other forms of business who are like, I just want to write like one or two books. And that's great. Like we definitely have a lot of resources for you. Um, and then we also, if you want to be a career writer, like a, like a either nonfiction career or fiction career writer, um, that's, that's the series is also, um, for those people. Oh, that's awesome. 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 Well, you, people should definitely go and connect with you if they are looking to, to get a book written. Um, Monica, do you have any last thoughts that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Um, I guess, so I think I've made pursuing your dream sound scary. <laughs> um, but I guess I would say, uh, I think it's worth it. And I know for me, I'm about five, five or six years into it. And I am like, I am a lot happier, Um, I'm, you know, my life is kind of, I kind of had, I kind of had my life fall apart, but I was able to build it back up in a way that was healthy and that was happier for me. So, um, just know, even if you're, if you're going through that right now, maybe you're kind of having a dark night of the soul around this. Um, or if you're, or if maybe you've made the leap and you're just stuck in like this place of not wanting to persist or wanting to quit, or if you haven't made the leap yet, just know that a lot of this stuff works out for the best and, um, persistence and hard work can really, it, it really counts for a lot, um, in this business. It absolutely does. And in, in pretty much every business, Monica, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the dreamers podcast. It's been great having you. It's been great getting to know you and, uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. You are so welcome. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Dreamers Podcast with Monica, you know you don't have to write a review on iTunes or anything like that. Just just share it with somebody that you know, right? Like that's that's all I ask, Monica. I don't I don't ask for a ton of things. <laughs> I literally just you don't have to hit like the like button or the subscribe button or the comment below. Just just share it with a friend. Send it over to a friend. That's it. That's all I ask. And uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to wrap it up from there. <laughs> Thank you again, Monica. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.